0: Hey, Bobby Manning here. I want to give you guys a quick update on this feed. We're going to be throwing it back to our old Celtics post-game show style about an hour after every Celtics game show, and we're doing it on the Locker Room app. If you haven't heard of the Locker Room app, it's available in the Apple App Store as well as getlockerroom.com. And you just download the app, find our room. You can follow me, Bobby Manning, Josue Pavone, John Zanis, as well as Jimmy Toscano. And get alerted every time we go live, which is going to be, like I said, an hour after every single game. You can join us there, just like on our old show, and jump on as a caller. Questions, takes, opinions, all that stuff. You'll have your chance to throw it out there and have a little bit of a back and forth with our show like we used to here. Now that audio is going to be available here on this feed. So what you're going to hear after... This is our locker room conversation from last night, uh, the Celtics post-game show overtime, as we're going to be calling it. And that's going to be what this stream is going forward. If you want the Celtics post-game show, as we do it on YouTube, immediately following the buzzer, which is going to continue for an hour after every game, you're going to want to go subscribe to the Garden Report podcast feed That's the Garn Report podcast feed. It's on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere you're getting your podcast, anywhere you're getting this podcast stream, you'll be able to get the Garn Report one as well. And that will be our post-game stream. This is going to continue to be the Locker Room stream from every night. So we're basically doing two shows each night. Second one's going to involve you guys, so it's standing here on our old stream where we used to do that every night. And... Here is tonight's show. Hey guys,
1: what's going hey guys, on? So good night. on? Good night. How you guys doing? Are you? Great, great, win great win today. Big D, in the building. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? So listen. What's up, man? Listen, what's go- I'm good, what's man. What's go- I'm good, what's man? On. How you guys been? How you guys- so listen, a couple of things. First thing is, obviously, great win today. And it was multifaceted. And it, re- it was really on all cylinders we was cooking. And really, I, I think like Bobby and John was saying before about, I think that the, 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 the final score wasn't indicative to how the team was playing. But two things, and I think John said um, a, a little bit about kind of unleashing uh, Rob a little bit. I think that the, the trade, you know, we love tights, but I think the trade, it, it, it could have been, it, it could have been, you could have traded tights, you could have traded Thompson, you could trade whomever, but I think one of them had to go because even from the beginning of the season, we found like Brad was doing those two big lineup. I don't know what that was, um, and it, it, it always felt like if there was like there was something holding back the big rotation and a confidence amongst the bigs of knowing what they who they are and what their role is. Everybody's talking about identity, right? Right. what's the identity of your team how, you know how did everybody fill out their role and I feel like the more you have more less mouths to feed the more people fill into their role my next my next and last point is yo Kemba looks great and I think the reason why Kemba looks great is because even though Kemba is supposed to be that quote unquote third option I feel like the, most of the season he's been Playing a role like he's the first or the second option, so 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 a lot of the the offense that's run for Kemba is run under an idea that that you have to look for Kemba. Kemba has to be the the the, the person that you look for. He's the one that you you know that 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 initiates that obviously in the pick and roll and so on and so forth. But but in this game especially, it didn't seem that way. It, it seemed as if right off transition. Instead of looking for Jalen, because we know Jalen is always that slasher, man. he You know, when he runs to the basket, it's crazy. They looked at Kemba, and Kemba kind of pushed the tone. And so now, I feel like Kemba found on, on, like his, his niche there. He doesn't have to necessarily work for the half court and look for a spot for Kemba to find his niche. No, just leave that to Jason. Leave that to Jalen. But for him... Off the transition, you know, he pushes the the, the, the the tempo. He finds an opportunity for him to, you know, score on uh, um, um, buckets quick, quickly. Also, I have opportunities for him to facilitate. Now you find an opportunity for him to feel involved. And yet still, he's not necessarily boggling down the offense because he's not necessarily in that half-court set. And so... Now it's kind of switched. Now he, he really is that third option, and he's maximizing that third option versus trying to play the second option even though he's technically not supposed to be that. I just love the way everything is working now where it feels like if people just found their niche and yeah. are working to their niche perfectly. We talked about this a lot on the show, Dudley, and uh,
2: Sherrod, I'm going to welcome you back in in a second. There was a little bit of an echo, so just make sure, Sherrod, when you come back, if you hear this now, um, make sure you got your headphones in because if you just have the phone, you do hear a little bit of an echo there. Uh, so Sherrod will join us in a bit. We talked about this, Dudley, a lot on the postgame show. I I, I really do want to go back and rewatch this game because you're right. There was a vibe and a feeling where, you know, a lot a lot of times in the season you felt like it was a my ball, your ball, my shot, your shot sort of offense. And this one felt more, as you said, everyone playing Within their roles and their expectations, and doing things when it was needed, and not just when they felt it was their turn. So it, it just felt that way all game long. And I think you know, Tatum kind of getting that. Tatum, I, I think it starts with a couple things. Tatum being more aggressive and getting higher quality shots. I think really helped set a tone for a lot of people here. Um, so you didn't have a lot of this whipping it around the perimeter and then eventually somebody just jacks a three. You're right. It it, it, it did feel like it was a little bit more measured and balanced. It was efficient. Nobody jacked 20-plus shots in this game. I mean, Kemba did get up 17. Tatum was incredibly efficient in this one. But look at Kemba's box score. Look at his – even the last few games where he's been shooting poorly, look at how he's affecting the game. Uh, he had eight rebounds tonight. He was the second leading rebounder on the team, uh, seven assists. He's had a lot of these games where he's had five, six assists, several rebounds. So he's contributing in more ways. He's very engaged. He's very active on the defensive end. So he's made an impact, even though a lot of his box scores have been a little bit ugly um, the last few games. So I, I, total, I totally agree on that front. Um, I want to, Sherrod, are you, uh, I'm going to try to see if Sherrod can get back in here. Uh no not in here yet. Uh, I'm gonna Dudley. If you want to hang here for a little bit, you can. Anas, I was gonna cool. open up your mic and and, and hear and hear from you.
3: Yeah, what's and good, I'm, guys?
2: Hey, how are you, buddy?
3: You me?
4: Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Um, I just want to ask you, John. You know, considering our start to the season, considering our expectations, our team, COVID injuries, all that. What would you consider a success by the end of the season? Is it? Is it like a getting to the second round, getting to the third round, or is it like, you know, contesting Philly to a six or seven, or a Bucks to a six or seven, like not getting I don't know. swept by the nuts? Like, what what do you think is the baseline where you look at like, okay, like, you know, this isn't a failure. I
2: you know, I mean, it's hard to say anything less than what they accomplished last year would be considered a success. Um, I think you know a first round exit is a failure i think a second round exit will be something that people could stomach but will still be a disappointment especially look right now they're the 5th seed let's say you stay in that 4 or 5 really you're not getting higher than 4 or 5 if you are the 4th or the 5th seed what are you going to do you're going to end up playing who in that in that second round brooklyn I, I don't i just don't see a world in which they could get there um it, i think it's possible a fully healthy Celtics team could get by Philly. Um, certainly, I think they could get by Milwaukee. I think you run into Brooklyn in round two and your season is over. And if that's the case, it is what it is. I, I, I guess maybe you can measure the success by, are you close? You know, if you get run off the court in four games against Brooklyn, it doesn't matter what round, it's going to just show you how far away you are from the elite teams. So I may I may say as it might be as much how competitive they are in these games Um, as it is, uh, you know, uh, which round they get to, because sometimes the round is just, it it doesn't matter. It's a matchup-specific thing. I do think you run into Brooklyn anywhere. I just don't see it on this team, but I do think they could be competitive with Milwaukee and Philly, even though they haven't. Philly beat them three times this year. Um, I do think if they run into those guys in the second round, they could get there, but yeah, I I, I guess that's that. A first-round exit would be really disappointing, and, you know, you might be talking about Potential offseason changes uh, if that were the case. But, um, Sherrod, are you, uh, you with us here? I don't know if you want to weigh in here. What would you consider a success or a failure for the season, for how the season ends for the Celtics? Sherrod's still not hearing us. All right, Sherrod. I oh, no, it's all good. <laughs> Sherrod, if you can't hear, yeah. buddy, um, um, dro- yeah, drop it. it. It's yeah. tough. Sherrod, if you can't hear, drop out and come mm-hmm. back in uh and
1: then we'll try to get you Lock in there off. as soon as we can here yes i mean he didn't he couldn't hear
2: i think he couldn't hear uh i am going to bring in somebody else here hang on i lost my speaker request um if you do want to request to speak please let me know put it in the chat as well right now the app's been a little bit wonky so sometimes i see it and sometimes i don't uh, tell me in the chat that you did want to uh jump in there and i will invite you to speak right now um my speaker record, my speaker request uh, board has gone completely blank. Um, Dudley, anything else you wanted to add here?
1: Yeah, so 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 for me also, I kind of feel like the the I don't know, man. The the the, the bounce is back with the Celtics, man. Like you know, I feel like everyone kind of feels a little bit good, and there he's it, 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 making it's making Brad is making Brad look like a genius, again. Because now, instead of worrying about filling in holes with like legitimate places where you have to fill them, right? In, in, in actual roles that that are meaningful to the team, now Brad can worry about filling holes for matchup purposes, just like today. So in certain situations, all right, let me throw in Romeo. And Romeo kind of held his own a little bit. I love to see, oh, by the way, I can't stand Norman Powell. Um, Norman <laughs> Powell, his yo, John, his face. I, I yo, listen. I see this guy's face. He looks like an extra on a Tyler Perry movie. He he looked like that random black guy, like that. I, I can't stand him. And then when, but and when he hits, and when he hits like dagger shots, I'm like, this guy is not supposed to have that. A person with that face should not hit necessary, meaningful shots. It's not, it's not supposed to be in this universe. Anyway, back to my point. So, so I, I really feel like you're making Brad look like a genius because now you can throw in Romeo. You can throw in um, Grant. You can throw in uh, uh, Shemi. You can throw in, you know, some of our, our, our bench to fill in complementary depending on what the situation is as long as the key players know what their roles are. The second we get out of knowing what our roles are, then oh, we gotta compensate. And so now you're asking Grant, you're asking Shemmy, you're asking Romeo, you're asking you know Peyton Pritchard, you're asking all these guys to to, to, to live outside of their means, and it, it's gonna be hard for them to do so. And we're, and then we're we're beating them up, asking them to do great thing I mean look look at Grant today hitting that big shot make it feel good why because he because it, the owners wasn't really big on him and so now when you have he has no opportunity to shoot his shot he should he shot the shot and it weighed in Th- this is the way the Celtics should play as long as kemba finds an opportunity to recognize listen instead of trying instead of trying to be the person that sort of dominates the ball. I'm going to be the slasher. I'm going to dominate on transition. I'm going to let Jalen fit in that opportunity to find a role into the offense, both him and Tatum, as you rightfully said, John, making sure Tatum you know, works as the primary option. Let him cook. Let him do what he does. Jalen does what he does. Kemba works off the, the, those transitions. Find those buckets. This way Smart can just be smart, and everything else falls into place. That's yep. the 2021 yeah, and again, uh, Dudley. Thanks, thank, thank you for all of that. We appreciate
2: it. Bobby Manning and Joe Sway, uh, Pavone, both here, coming off of the Celtics post game show on CLS Media. Uh, guys, you got me, okay? Yeah, I got you perfect. Loud well, and clear. All right. So, just two two quick uh, bookkeeping notes. We'll just uh, let you guys know. Again, we're doing this after every game, um, so please, by all means, join us. Let everybody know about it. We love hearing from you guys. Um, We did talk about uh, what Dudley was just saying there. This did feel like more like the Celtics. And again, trying to put my finger on exactly why, it seemed like it was a collection of little things, but everything seemed more like the team you expect to see or you want to see than any version that we'd seen, than most versions we'd seen throughout the course of the year. Uh, Bobby, or just weigh in, why you think that is. And Bobby, I'm just going to give you a heads up, buddy. I'm making you the host for about 30 seconds while you answer this question. I'm going to jump back in because uh, my <laughs> damn
5: <laughs> Just giving them all. the.
2: <laughs> well, right, right now I am not seeing the speaker. So Bobby, uh, when I pop back in, make me the host again, but I'm going to let you guys take this question. I'll be back in about 30 seconds.
5: All right. I'll jump in here, Bobby. Since yeah. I'll, I'll let you do that. You know, you got a lot on your hands right now. But no, well, um,
2: <laughs> I can't see. I can't see who wants to speak. And it's driving me nuts. And I want to get. No, I got here. you. Yeah, no, it's fine. I just yeah. don't want him to have to do both. No, um, go ahead. No, you guys, you guys, you guys talk. Yeah, no, I was
5: just gonna say um, that there's a lot of reasons to that, John. And I, and I think some of it has to do with um, what we're seeing on both ends, right? I, I mean, whether it's uh, but for me, obviously, Kemba is a big part of that because, uh, again, we, and we talked about it on the postgame show. It's, it's the fact that Kemba is able to be effective without, you know, just having to score three pointers or, or come up with those huge shots that we've seen him do throughout stretches, but not consistently or at least the way we did last season. And then on the on the opposite end, I mean, I, I just think it's the effort, whether it's guys closing out. Um, the pick and roll defense has picked up a bit. You know, uh, everyone engaged, all five guys. You know, I, I love how Brad was calling guys out, you know, weeks ago saying, listen, defense only works if all five guys are doing it. And that's not what we're doing. And that's exactly what that was the case, you know, or or we saw it for a couple of quarters and, and it wasn't consistent enough. Whereas you you would say, OK, this team is one of those top 10 uh, d- defensive teams in the NBA Like we've been able to say about. You know, so many Brad Stevens' teams in the past, or at least a couple of them, uh, uh, have reached that plateau. So I, I just think that was a big part of it. And, of course, just the continuity in general. Like, that starting five. I, I just want them to get as many reps in as possible before the postseason because we're starting to see how they can all make each other look better. You know, how there's so many open looks between those five guys. Uh, and, and there's confidence in that. You know, Robert Williams in particular hitting those shots uh, hitting jump shots, you know, I, I think all that's relevant, and 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 all of that's a good reason to to say, okay, this is the Celtics team we we expected to see, you know, months ago. Yeah, okay, slow start, we get it, but we expected the turnaround to happen sooner. Here it is now. They're out of that five hundred hole, you know. Tough teams are 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 on the are on the you know docket, but they're not showing that fear, or at least they're not giving up and, and going back to those bad patterns that we saw throughout the course of the regular season. You know? So that's really encouraging. They were able to piece it all together for four quarters against the Portland Trailblazers, even when they came roaring back against arguably the, the hardest closer to beat in the NBA, and Dame Lillard, Dame Lillard. They never faltered. Their game didn't change.
0: Defense, defense, defense. I've been saying it since night one of this season. This team has immense defensive potential. And I know it's kind of weird to say that on a night where will would let them up at times. And I know uh, our man there was talking about uh, Norman Powell having a big game, quietly hitting the oh, button. That shot. dude loves
4: yeah,
5: <laughs> That freaking dude. Like, And he has that stoic look like he's just out there cooking because he's supposed to. It's like, wait, no, wait, wait a three, minute. He, wait a minute. Hit that.
0: He hit that Chris Middleton
5: style. Thing, you're not like supposed to be doing they... this exactly. Like yeah. what's like? What are you, Chris Middleton, Clay Thompson out here? You know, I'm thinking. But is this guy gonna win this game for them? Not winning, I shouldn't say that. But I thought, are they, are they gonna force OT? Is Norman Powell gonna force OT? I, it wouldn't have shocked.
2: Yeah. But when it mattered, they uh, got, let got check, stopped. Let me check real quick here. Numbers. Sorry, Bobby Sherrod, Can you? You're good here. Yes. Okay, Sharad is here. We are still having issues. With the speaker request, so guys put it in the chat if you want to talk because I'm not getting it on my board and I will get to you guys okay um go ahead guys sorry
6: keep talking Joe sway come on now
2: uh, Bobby was no, about I'm... to jump in I just want to make sure Sherrod was good we got the whole we got everybody want we got everybody in here again guys if you want to speak, put it in the chat I will invite you but right now I'm not seeing it on the board and we can't fix it uh, so, I, so, I, I, so I do I want to f- get
0: to you guys. I'll see how you guys feel about the defensive performance as a whole in this game um, because I don't think we dug into a T2 deep on post game, um, But we mentioned the turnovers. Those were ginormous. The transition defense stuck out to me. Uh, they were the best transition defense in basketball last year, and that obviously slipped quite a bit this year um, with double big and all that stuff um, and chasing offensive rebounds. But also just the ability to get stops in the fourth quarter. I remember uh, – NBC Sports put up the graphic probably like three weeks ago, four weeks ago now that Boston's dead last in fourth quarter defensive rating. They're the worst net rating fourth uh, fourth quarter team by far in the NBA. And it's just like, geez, I mean, that's just a formula for being a terrible team come playoff time. I mean, you're just going to choke leads away in the fourth and fourth and get dominated there. It it was an awful thing. And now you look at the net rating in the fourth quarter of every NBA team this month, the Celtics are number two. And I think defense is the biggest reason for that. Well, their defense was the biggest reason why they were 500 team
6: for so long, Uh, because there was such a dramatic, you know, fall over the cliff, you know, drop by them. When you look at not just last year, but just really the last three or four years, And again, I don't think there's one particular player or one particular reason why they dropped off. I just think that this team got kind of fat and happy before our very eyes. I mean, three out of the last four years, you get to the conference finals. You've got your two best players are both under the age of 25. You have had a tremendous amount of success with a very young nucleus. And to me, they got very comfortable. And they just figured that it would just happen naturally. And I think the last couple of weeks it finally resonated with them that you know what the only way we are going to get rescued is we rescue our damn selves from this this quagmire that we find ourselves in and they've done that and they've done it the way you always are going to do it when you're trying to get back to winning basketball and that's get it done at the defensive end, as you pointed out bobby i mean their ability to get points off of turnovers i think it was like 24 13 but that Final deficit is a bit misleading because at one point it was 24-5, and they were just absolutely dominating that side of the ball, getting steals and getting out in transition, finishing at the rim, which, again, this team has to do those type of things if they're going to be successful. You're not going to have a shot at beating a team like Brooklyn if you don't do the things that you do well consistently. And we're starting to see a little bit more of that but, uh, again, this team, they're not where they need to be uh, when you talk about competing at the highest of levels. But they're trending, at least for the last couple of weeks. They've been trending in the right direction. All right, let's welcome in
2: Jake. He's been waiting to speak. And, again, I did see a bunch of other requests come in. So I'm going to send you guys invitations to speak. Again, I'm not seeing them come through. Uh, but I do see you guys in the chat. If I do um, put, you, put you in the room, just mute yourself until I call your name. Uh, Jake, fire away.
7: Hey fellas,
8: firstly um, thanks for staying up late for us. And um, I know it's late. Um, all right, guys, it's pretty obvious. The reason the Celtics are winning is because of Jason Tatum. Last time I was here, I was saying Tatum get you got, gets too much um, blame, and since then he's dropped 50, one player of the week, hit a dagger in the Blazers' eyeballs. I've I've realised what my role not only in this loss, right. but come on now, <laughs> the next five years I think I might have to drive drive this Jason Tatum. Propaganda train, you know. The only thing that really matters is that he turns into a top five player. That's how you win titles, right? And the second part of that is making sure he stays in Boston. So, self-explanes. Together, we're going to keep him here. All right. Last last eleven games, he's averaging thirty eight and four on 50, 40, 90 Who needs Luca? Who needs Zion? We got Tatum.
0: Hey, that's that's you, John. How you feeling okay, about that, that, that? that, that
8: pop, 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 pop.
0: <laughs> Bobby? You're
5: pumped right now. What do you right. mean? That's him.
2: Listen, Bobby, what did, I mean, look, what did we say? Why are we hard on Tatum? Because we love him, okay? You know, what? what, what is it that, <laughs> ser- seriously, why, why Why? Why does Tatum draw criticism? Because in we said it at the beginning of the year very clearly, the only way this team with this roster gets to another level is if, we, again, we use that ESPN top 50 list as just a, as okay. uh, just a, a starting point for the conversation. Tatum was ranked 11th on this list, meaning on the cusp of top 10 player in terms of projecting who he was going to be. And Jalen was somewhere around 30 or something. The point we said if Tatum enters solidifies himself as a bona fide top five NBA player and Jalen Brown leaps into the top 1015. Absolutely, you have a superstar tandem that alone, regardless of who you put around them, gets this team to the finals. So if Tatum's not playing like a top 10 player, that's when he gets criticized. We're giving Tatum crap for just being the 15th best player in the NBA. We're not saying he's not great, but he's got to get to that next level. When he plays like he played tonight or like you've played the last week plus, that absolutely, as, uh, as, as Jesse just said there, is exactly – the type of player that you want to see him be if the, Cel- the Celtics will win a title if Jason Tatum is a top five player. They will not if he is not. It's, it, it, he said it perfectly. I, I It's pretty simple.
5: Yeah, but, but John, I, I feel like, okay, I think you represent sort of a small group where you're just saying, like, okay, Tatum is going to – we expect this from Tatum because it offers sheer talent, whereas there's another group of Celtics fans that are like, well – He's been to, you know, three or, or two, uh, Eastern Conference finals. Like, why isn't he do, well, like, why hasn't he made that leap? That alone should put him at a certain level. And it's like, well, wait a minute now. Like, this is, we talked about this a little bit about a week ago. This is, this is technically the very, very first season where the narrative of this is Tate, quote unquote, Tatum's team, right? You know, last year well, it was. Well, whose team, whose team was it last like year? Was before? it Kemba's? Well, it was Kemba's, before at the start you know yeah the, it was kind of like a month and a
2: half the and, conversation yeah.
5: changed every couple of months it changed and that's been the story for the Celtics you could say that for the last two three years I mean the conversation constantly changes it's Isaiah then it's Kyrie then it's always oh, Hayward and then it's oh well, wait a minute no Hayward is broken goods it's Jalen and Tatum and then all of a sudden it's, oh wait a minute you guys have all been together for two three years now why haven't you got to the files yet you know it's like well that's it's really hard. It's easy to to misconstrue the the narrative when you look at it that way. On paper, right. it's not exactly what it's like in re- in reality, right? I mean, this is the first time Tatum's like, okay, I'm the guy. This is my team. I need to guide these guys. This is the first yeah. year. This is the first it feels,
0: one. It feels like forever now because they've been doing it so consistently for a little while. But it, it's like December twenty probably, I'd say, is when they both started becoming like 25 points every night, leading the team and scoring in all those facets, and uh, then, obviously, they both went crazy in the February of that year, and it started a little slow this year. I mean, not for Brown, but Tatum took a while to get back to that All-NBA level that he reached last year, and there were various reasons for that, obviously, that we've discussed at length, Uh, but the fact that he's gotten back here this year, because, again, we don't know the long-standing impact of COVID on the guys who got it, uh, you know, especially for individuals that have more issues with it. Like Tatum said tonight, he has to use an inhaler before every game for the first time in his life. Um, you know, who the hell knows what's going to happen to guys like him long term. It's just great that we can see he's still capable of that 50, 40, 90 production. Um, and, you know, to see him. And, and this is why I emphasize to you, John, to see him add on top of what he was doing last year and now do the stretch is important because it, it it's another step on the ladder for him. He's not just getting back to last year. He's back to last year, and he's doing a little bit more on top of that Diff, to make different himself better.
2: Things. Yeah, and you know what, Bobby? I think it's a fair point. The growing pains of a different role may force you to take one step back in order to take two steps forward. So possible you were seeing that in terms of, you know, kind of role confusion. And again, you throw that Tatum thing, uh, you throw the COVID thing in, and I hate to call it the COVID thing as if it's an afterthought. It's clearly a significant issue and was um, for him and continues to be something that's there, um, probably more than any of us truly know. Um, So absolutely, I'm not saying a pass, but absolutely you can understand why. At the end of the day, I don't think it changes the conversation of ultimately he's gotta get there in order yeah. for them to be successful. If he doesn't, he'll still be a great player, but I think their ceiling is capped. He has to get to that next level and No, they that. gotta
0: go through all and, these all these yeah. growing pains because it's the only way to the top for them. Like it's exactly. gonna be riding his back. Yeah. Right. And he has to be that
2: soup that that almost perfect player, um, whether he's ready to or not, for them to get there. And if he's not then they have to wait a little while longer for him to
0: be, and if if, if you know, and you hope that okay, he can. Get this there. is him at twenty two, uh, and we can say the whole nineteen thing, but like 20, When do the when do these pros usually hit their stride, Gerard? And what you've seen over your you, career? Well, usually they in their
6: like late twenties, like mid to late twenties, like in that twenty. I think of that. So yeah, so and that, that's why. Like, where is he going to
0: be not, at at twenty five, twenty seven? It's crazy to think about.
6: Well, well, I mean, it's, it's, you're right. It's crazy to think yeah. about, but it's it's it, it's one of those things where because he has set the the frankly the we we talk about a ceiling, but let's talk about the floor that he's established, which is pretty damn high. I think that's where a lot of the criticism and questions come in about Tatum because he's done such an incredible job at such an early age. I mean, you know, we just, you know, celebrated the other day the Celtics, you know, him being the fastest player in franchise history to get the 5,000 career points. Uh, So there's a lot of things about his game that are forcing folks to look at him in a very unprecedented fashion. Uh, And because of that, he is, frankly, burdened with expectations that no 22-year-old in this league should have. But, you know, to me, it's both the blessing and the burden of being an incredibly talented player who is getting an opportunity to take center stage at an earlier age than most players uh, with his skill set. And to his credit, by and large, he's been able to win. But here's the thing, though, and this is what I think a lot of people forget about. Tatum has never had any real NBA adversity until this year. And you're talking about the COVID impact. we are talking about the quick resumption of the season from last year. You're talking about the new role that he is being called upon to play, whereas last year there was a bit of a kind of um, leadership roulette With this team, as far as who was that guy, this year, it's not there. He is that guy. And so looking at all those factors, taking all those things into account, there's going to be some up and down, inconsistent play with him. But here's the thing. It's inconsistent because our level of expectations that he has has set forth are so high. I mean, think about it. Tatum is having what is basically a slight uptick from what he did a a year ago. But for a lot of NBA guys, this is the best it will ever be, if that good. Uh, and yet we're talking about a 22 year old as, as Bobby, as we are just talking about, he's got another four or five years easily before he's going to become close to hitting his, his stride. And that is if well, that's why if you're the Celtics, you're not freaking out about some of the, the, you know, the growing pains he's going through, because you know that he's got so much room to get better. And yet he's already in the conversation to be a top 10 talent in this league.
2: Uh, we in. We want to welcome it. You're, no, you're right. Um, and, and just way you can jump into. I'm going to open up Austin's mic. He's been waiting to talk. And again, I want to tell everybody out there, um, please. Please put in the chat if you want to talk. I've sent out some speaker invites. Uh, When you do get that invite, accept it, mute yourself, and I will call on you. I'm going to try to fill up the room with some people who want to talk. Um, And you guys are right on the Tatum thing. The expectations, almost the worst thing that could have happened for him is shooting 45% from three and making the conference finals his rookie year because immediately – You know, everything was accelerated by maybe two years in terms of his overall development, uh, or what your or or overall expectations. So it was, it it was too much too quickly uh, for somebody who was so young. And then he met the. I mean, he you know he's had his growing pains, but each time this year being an example, and then you know year two, every time he's had it, he's actually kind of found that. He's he's fought his way through it and emerged from it a better player at the end of the year than he was at the beginning of the year, which is yeah. He's he's had those is,
0: expectations for a long time, though. I mean, you go to Duke, no, know, you're, I know, you're but top five guy in your class, you know, that's been. But, man,
2: but that's, there's though. a lot of guys that are like that, but there's yeah. very few guys that come in rookie year and and lead a team as a 19 year old to to within a whisper of the NBA finals. You know, uh, with that's
7: you true. Know, with right. your
2: two best players injured and carry them you on get, your back. You get
0: called better than Paul Pierce already your first year. <laughs> and go toe-to-toe
2: with LeBron. <laughs> right. so,
0: uh, on, That's a good Dunk yeah. on LeBron. <laughs> dunk on LeBron. Yeah, that was put it a this,
2: lot put it, early.
5: Put it, put yeah. it this way, and, I, and I'm sure Sherrod could remember this, right? Uh, before Jason Tatum's NBA debut in Cleveland, right? Uh, Celtics shoot around. Reporters, I don't know, there's probably, what, Sherrod, you say, what, 17 of us may be there? Uh there's there's two scrums going on at the same exact time. Right. One is right. one is uh, Jason Tatum. The other one is Kyrie Irving. Uh, guess how many people were at Jason Tatum's compared to Kyrie Irving's? And, I, and I'll put it this way: uh, I'll 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 say the majority of them were were over at at a at, uh, at Kyrie's. How many people were at Tatum's? Zero. Not one single reporter was asking him a question like I just I can't get over that moment because I I took I, I remember taking a picture after it cause I was like to this is significant because I'm like he's for someone that's a top technically not a number one overall pick but technically he was I guess but whatever I mean I can't I can't remember another player who, who didn't command that sort of attention that most top well, picks do you know well that's and I just think that was a very a, it's right, and, and that's true, right, but that was a benefit in a way, but it was a gift and a curse at the same time, yeah. you know, to John's
7: point.
6: Yeah, I mean, th- he walked into a, a situation that guys taken in the top two, three picks almost never walk into. I mean, usually those guys go to teams that suck, where they've got to carry the load scoring-wise. They have to become leaders quicker than, than they they probably uh, should be, be expected to. Whereas Tatum, I mean, you're, you're rocking with Kyrie and Jalen and – Gordon and Al, I mean, damn, I mean, to me, it was like, you know, if you are a young player and you want to learn what it takes to be an elite player, what it takes to be an elite role player, what it takes to be a leader, you had a, you had a buffet of talent around you that could meet any of those needs. And so Tatum, to his credit, took a little bit from all of those guys. But again, you know, the knowledge and experience that he gained came at a cost. And, and that was, and to me, that, that cost was his ascension to being a great leader. It's going to take time because he's been in situations where he was surrounded by great leaders who took a lot of that pressure off his shoulders. He didn't have to be a great leader. This was the first year where he really has had to take on, I think, a bigger leadership role. But when you look at the quick, like, again, and, and this is not making an excuse for him, these are just facts. The quick turnaround to the season, dealing with COVID. The new role that he has, the the it, just the the explosion that is Jalen Brown, who has statistically speaking been as good in many respects as he's been, figuring out how to navigate all that stuff and improve your game at the same time while keeping your ass healthy enough as you deal with the COVID uh, situation, it's a lot to ask.
0: And and well, it, well, that's it, what saved them. Yeah. having that second. Because if you think about what, where he could have gone complacent there, like, all right, Kyrie's gone, uh, Al's gone, this could be my team, and I'm just going to run it the way I want. Well, he he couldn't do that because Jalen ascended so fast too. And all of a sudden, by the beginning of this year, Jalen was in a place where we could legitimately ask, like, is Jalen going to surpass this guy? Yeah. Because that's how good Jalen is. And I think, you know, we, we talk about do they complement each other? They certainly push each other, it seems like.
2: Well, mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting because I do feel like the natural order is starting to be restored a little bit because, again, while you can compare the two and, and, and even debate, is one, is Jalen as good, if not better? And that people will continue to make that case. You really do feel like this team ultimately – Tatum is – the alpha and meant to be the alpha and almost needs to be because of what we've seen over the course of the last week, it doesn't mean on any given night it can't be Jalen or even theoretically Kemba on some nights, even though less so, but it really feels like it's Tatum one uh, Jalen one a, and then Kemba clearly on that next tier down. And that's kind of what makes the most sense. We talked about roles all year You know, and last year, and maybe it being one of Brad's weaknesses that he doesn't tell people, This is what I expect from you. And, you know, this is when you get into these Marcus Smart shoots 17 times games, or Jalen Brown goes eight minutes, you know, without a touch in the fourth quarter. And again, that kind of happened tonight, which was crazy. He had one shot attempt heading into the last minute in the fourth quarter after scoring 17 points in the third or whatever it was, which is bananas. But having those roles, I think, makes sense. And Tatum's role is to be the guy. Uh, let's welcome in Austin. He's been hanging out for a little bit. Once again, I just want to remind everybody here in the chat, um, We are. I'm not able to see speaker requests, so you have to put it in the chat. If you want to talk, I will invite you. Just leave it on mute uh, and then hang out. When I call on you, you can unmute. Austin, are you there?
8: Hey, I'm here. Can you, uh, can you hear me? Yeah, what's up, buddy? Awesome, awesome. Um, not too much. How are you guys doing? Great. Awesome. Um, are we sticking on the same topic or kind no? Of just you, open? it's your floor, buddy. Go wherever you want.
5: Just don't say anything cool. weird, you
8: know. Um, <laughs> of course, of course. Um, but yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on again. I appreciate it. Yep. Um, but um, yeah, I um kind of going off of your original question. Um. Tell me if I'm crazy or not, but is crazy. the common is the common denominator simple? Is it Rob? Oh, I mean, Austin, like, I, I swear, I, I, I swear,
5: I, 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 Austin's trying. He's I, trying to I, win I, points with John, right? Now. <laughs> he is. No, he
8: no, told. no. I, I tell tell me tell me if I'm crazy. This this is what I see when I see him on the floor. I see him opening up shots for. I see him opening up more most importantly, I see him opening up driving lanes. driving lanes and that's that's what's changed on our team more than anything over the last eleven games that he started, or whatever he's whatever he started by now. And I don't think it's a coincidence whatsoever that we're seeing Tatum at the line more in the last few games. I think it's because he has driving lanes because he's he's running a pick and roll with Rob. I think he has a threat down low to where a big man can't come down, he can't collapse on Tatum, double teen him. And you know, most guys in the league can't one on one ISO defend Tatum. You know, whether it's whether he's backing him down, whether he's just taking it to the rim, you know, it's it's a different style with Tatum on the floor with Rob and I think it's it's the same with Brown. I think Smart has fallen into place a little bit more because Rob's been out there and, and you know, he's looking to drive a little bit more as well. And, um, you know, I, I, uh, I got to say, I got um, to eat my words a little bit on uh, what I said about Kemba not being able to drive because he's, he's definitely drove a bunch the last two games uh, since I made that comment about him not being able to drive. Um well, we've I think- lear- if we've learned anything, Austin, it's that
2: the Celtics draw motivation from what uh, fans and media say about them. So everybody out there, just keep hating.
5: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Even even in the comment section, you could you could be your comment could be viewed by Marcus Smart. Yeah, exactly.
2: it, 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 it fuels their hate fire and it makes them better. So just keep it coming. I-
7: I, or, few by someone it. who sees I, I, the
2: comment
6: and who knows Marcus Smart or, or Kemba Walker who does tell them the comment without any context. But that's not. That, right. Which, <laughs> what, which happened to Sherrod? That's
2: 1000% what happened. <laughs> I knew it. That's 1000%. One, 1,
8: Did you hear Sherrod said you suck? Yep, that's exactly what happened. But yeah, I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, I think Kemba, uh, surprisingly enough, I think. The, the second most you know most influenced player by Rob has probably been Kemba at this point because you know yeah. his role has changed completely as well. He's you know you you see more like seven eight assists instead of like four or five less shots more takes to the rim because you know like I was saying before he has a better driving lane. I think uh, I, I think his game is, has changed tremendously as well. I think. Yeah. Just our whole team has changed with him out there you know it's 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 tangible and intangible things out there like I was, I was saying to my buddy like he does Marcus smart things out there but on offense he gives you the best field goal percentage in the NBA so you know it's it's I, I honestly think you know I, I don't know what you guys think but I think his ceiling is is just ridiculous like he is he's top I think he's top like seven or eight. Or, I'm sorry, he's he's top 10 in like seven or eight different categories in the entire NBA. Like, he is yeah. he's doing things that are just absolutely ridiculous right now. Yeah, I know. Well, the, agree, big, the big thing with th- Rob... Th-
6: thanks, Austin. Yeah, the, the big thing with, with Rob, more than anything else uh, that that I see, is he gives that first unit another ball mover. Someone who is not going to allow the ball to stick on one side of the floor because Rob's instincts aren't just to keep the ball moving, but keep the ball moving to guys who can get good shots. He, Rob is looking for guys to make moves to the basket, to set screens where Tatum can maybe flare out in the corner, to, to get Jalen in a mismatch where, you know, he's guarded by, you know, a 5'10 guard so he can post him up. And Rob will make sure that he gives enough space away from the basket so Jalen can go to work. He's doing all those intangible things that don't always show up in the stat sheet, but when they're sitting in, the, in their, their video room and they're watching video, guys are absolutely just ecstatic about what they're seeing because Rob is giving them more than they were ever getting from that position. Rob, as much as I love Daniel Tice, that's my, that's my guy, Rob – is giving them a dimension that is a better complement to Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. His ability to move the ball, his athleticism at both ends of the floor, his ability
0: to finish at the rim. Yeah. Yeah. I think John emphasized this too as we went back and forth about shitty star, shitty da-da-da-da. Yeah. He fits so well with the pieces around him. That's all there is to it. And he's an awesome player. He's a ceiling raiser. feels like any lineup he's in, he raises to a new level, and he did it with a bench that wasn't that good. Uh, But since he entered the starting lineup, the offensive rating for the starters, him on the floor, 117, which is Brooklyn Nets' Clippers status. And uh, when you think about a 100 defensive rating, which he's really held down with the bench and with the starters this year as a unit, I mean, that's the best in the NBA. And I, I said it, Sherrod, you, you, you kind of flinched when I said it. I still think this team, I don't know if they'll get there because there just isn't enough time left, but I thought personnel-wise this team had the personnel to be the best defense in the NBA. I don't know if they're going to get there, but I just always think that's been their stealing.
2: It is amazing, by the way, the amount of, and Sherrod, you can jump in on this too. It's just it, it's, I never mean it to be a Daniel Tice bashing, Thing. I love Daniel it, Tice. It is it is it, amazing, amazing how a lot of people convinced themselves that Daniel Tice was the only answer and that, like, everything else needed to slot in behind them. It is strange how long it – this is what we argued about all year – how long it took for everyone to kind of <laughs> see, see the possibilities of, of, of a life with Rob. Uh, <laughs> you know, so without hyperbole and without any past – Without any past, uh, you know, takes that we've had that we want to hammer home uh, and validate based on the nine and two uh, record since he started. How much cre- If you had to slice the pie, how much credit are you actually giving to Rob at, as unlocking the things that are happening here, or how much of it is that they just all kind of finally started to get it a little bit?
6: I'm I'm going to give Rob like half the pie. Wow! Big man. slice, big slice. Because I, I just, I just think again, his ability to play at a high level more consistently than we've seen in the past <laughs> is a big reason why this team is nine and two with him in the lineup. Um, I don't think it's a coincidence that Tatum all of a sudden has. It seems as though he's found the cheat code to being a top five, top ten player, and it just so coinc- happens to coincide with. Rob being in that starting lineup, you, you Rob is a he's he's that if this if this was like the Jackson Five, he would be like an upgraded Tito uh, in that role, but so much better than the role is cast to be. Um, he's That's been. <laughs> <laughs> he's I like been that. that All good.
5: Right. Yeah, definitely, and and I think uh, when he's doing things on offense, even if it's just, and you talked about it a lot too, Sherrod, even if it's just him getting the ball in the paint and giving it right back out, like, it just, it it makes things easier for his teammates. And I think not every seven-footer can do that. I don't think it's one of those where, oh, yeah, just throw it out there and he'll grab it. Like, no, you have to have that skill set. And I think he does. And I think that um, that's something that he's improved on, you know, He's put forth the effort to make to, this, make, to make this stride, and I think he's allowed
0: as, himself to be consistent in that role, which is key. And right, Chris, but there's a lot of effort say, in
5: that, Bobby. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I feel like this is Rob really fighting to get that. I mean, remember when the season started? What he was saying at you know the virtual media day, how like you know uh, talking about how, what Al Horford meant to him and how much he influenced him, and how this is the year he was going to make that leap, and now he's now he's showing it. You know, he wasn't just he was just saying it back then, and he was you saw glimpses, you saw a glimpse of it here and there, but now now. He's his-
0: yeah, and that's the difference, John. We love Tice because he could do it night in and night out. With Rob, it wasn't always certain for a long time. And now he's allowed himself to be that force almost every night. There's still yeah. a few where he's empty. I mean, that Philly one was really bad, but yeah. like 9 out of 10 at this point are great. They did yeah, the it- homework against him. Right.
2: Think. It's like – it's just, again, you're right. It's the it's it's the it's the ceiling versus Tice was a great ham and egger. Awesome guy to have on the team. I kind of I wish he was still here. He'd be playing valuable minutes. But uh, there's a lot of people in our chat saying here, like, Brad freed Rob because – or Danny freed him because he had to force Brad's hand. Again, we made the money ball. Uh, Do you think that's made, what it was? I don't. He,
0: he obviously said no, but, like, was it really?
2: I don't, but it is funny that like, you know, a lot of people do believe it and we kind of joked about it that, that, you know, for anyone who hasn't seen the movie Moneyball or read the read the book, the notion that they traded uh, Carlos Pena because uh, Art Howe, who was a manager at the time, wouldn't play Scott Hatterberg at first because he had better OBP, blah, blah, blah. But like the idea of you got to play the guys we've got here. Like, please play Rob. I don't know if Danny did it to force his hand. I don't think he did. It is interesting that it did force his hand, and it did – Brad had no choice.
0: I <laughs> remember moment. Brad the day after too. He was like, oh, I didn't see that one coming. That one kind of blindsided yeah, me. Right, And he then they good. were asking him about Rob starting, and he was just like – just well, he's like, the best one left.
2: <laughs> yeah, Brad's
0: like Brad's like that
2: guy, you know, he's like he's he's you know, it's like the kid who's like all of a sudden like 10, 11 years old and he still has his little blankie or his teddy bear and it's raggedy and he's had it forever and the parents are like, "We got to toss this friggin' thing. You're way too old to still have it." You know, like and "Oh my god, my my, my, my little my, my you know, my little toy is gone." Like Brad was so reliant on on Daniel Tyson. It was like, "Now nah, it's time to move on. It's time to move past this." And boom, Tice was gone and he had to accept Rob and he definitely seemed a little rocked by it at first but um, it's obviously worked out for the better. We'll see how it goes. I still think Tice would be useful here but you wonder would Rob have been fully unlocked if Tice were still here and Tristan came back from COVID or would we be stuck in this 22-23-19 rotation that we had before and you know us yelling at each other every single garden report for 40 minutes about Rob should have played more minutes. I'm glad at least that's behind us. Um, Let's welcome in uh julian uh who's been hanging out once it wants to
6: enter the chat
4: hey what's up guys yeah, hey what's man? up julian how you doing first off uh shout out to you guys for pushing through the the west coast road trip 245 uh locker room chats where it's at
2: we're never we're, we will not let you guys down we are here
4: <laughs> yeah so i had watching this game and seeing sort of tatum and rob like excel at the same time i kept having the same question come back into my head and I couldn't really give a definite answer just to myself so I'm curious if you guys have some varying opinions what were you and not not uh not impressed but what were you more surprised by Rob's rise right now or the Tatum February rise from last year
2: good good question Rob
6: because Rob. because because <laughs> because Tatum is doing what we kind of all knew he could do there was there was little doubt like like Tatum scoring the way he has the only thing that is a little bit surprising is that the fact that he has been doing it at a fairly consistent level uh with Rob we didn't know what he could do when he didn't have you know the the safety net of a Daniel Tice and a Tristan Thompson uh behind him uh so Rob to me is the biggest surprise and 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 frankly you know and and I think we talked about this before the season started they were going to need someone to emerge from the shadows that we're not talking about. Uh, It couldn't be Jalen Brown. It couldn't be Tatum. It couldn't be Kimba. It had to be someone else to put their imprint on this team in a way that we just, you just couldn't quantifiably predict this was going to happen. And Rob has been that guy the last couple of weeks. And I I think he's only going to get better the longer he continues to, to get the steady 25, 30 minutes a game.
0: Yeah, never mind take a leap. We didn't even know last season if he could stay on the court, health-wise. I mean, that was step one. And thankfully, he's overcome that hurdle so far. And, you know, hopefully he's going to continue to going forward. Yeah. Sorry,
2: guys, I was muted. We're going to bring in a couple more people here who've been waiting. Uh, Cody, you're next. I do want to tell everybody here again – the the, uh, the platform isn't working, so I'm not seeing a speaker requests. If you have been waiting to speak, please just put it in the chat. Say, hey, I want to talk, uh, and I will try to uh, – I'll, I'll send you an invitation. You can speak. Also, everybody here who's listening to us, we're going to go for a John, few John, warm-
0: this app wasn't built for millions of people.
2: I know. We've got billions, billions on here, guys. The, the millions of people that take in the garden report. Um But for real, um, what I will ask of everybody here is if you haven't already, please follow all of us uh, and turn on your notifications when we do go live, which we will after every game. But also we plan on doing some um, during the season, you know, during the day, if there's news, um, you know, we're going to probably do this more frequently. We're just starting with postgame, but you will be... um, you will be notified when we do go live, and obviously, we like having you in the chat. So, um, you know, you can join us, uh, you know, outside of just the post game. So, give everybody in this room here a follow. Um, I'm going to go to Cody. Cody, what's up, man?
3: Yeah, what's going on, guys? Uh, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to Sherrod and Bobby. I am getting the privilege to join the Cuse Nation next year, and I'm super <laughs> excited. So, go Orange men!
1: Here
4: we
3: go! Welcome to the mafia. Fresh, man. I mean,
6: welcome to the to the, to the team.
3: Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and you will watch this game. It... By the way,
2: if you enter the broadcast media field, you can basically assure that you will be hated by everyone who did not go to Syracuse. <laughs> uh,
3: one, uh, one question after a second, John. But uh, to me, watching this game, it just seemed like there was just two undeniable pieces that would just unlock this offense. And one of them is playing through Rob. His decision making to me is just pristine. I just really think that could open up this offense. And the other one is just driving. Like, we talk about it all the time. Like, When you drive the ball, you get good looks at the basket. You get to the line. You drive and kick and get open looks. And that just does everything for us. And, you know, when we get Fournier back, that will add another piece. But I feel like the ball just has to hit the paint on on basically every single possession. I think it just opens up everything. I don't know. Give me your thoughts. I've been singing that
6: song for the longest time. These guys know how – about that. I am all about the paint touches because I, I agree. I mean, I think it just opens up everything and you don't have to take a shot in the paint. You don't have to spend a ton of time in the paint, but at least get the ball in the paint to force the defense to move, to wiggle, to shift, to shimmy, do something. And that allows guys like Tatum to do what they do best in, in those ISO situations. You can still have paint touches and be an ISO team. In fact, being a, a paint touching team opens up your ISO game even more so because defenses are going to have to move more and defenses don't really want to do that. Uh, they're yeah. not necessarily built to do that, particularly in this day and age in the NBA where defense seems like basically uh, they kind of opted out for, for many teams opted out of defense pretty much all season long. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I mean, absolutely. I, I, I think paint touches is huge for, for any team, but particularly for the Celtics based upon, the type of players, the type of talent, and the skill set that their, guys, their main guys have.
0: Yeah, my, my only question for Rob going forward to, from this point, and that I've said multiple times, I have no doubts about his offense and his ability to impact that part of the floor going forward consistently. Uh, come playoff time, and I want to emphasize this tonight because we're having the Rob party, I kind of see it as my job to push back <laughs> Rob a little bit because this fan base is – I mean, Rob can do no wrong for this fan base. The defensive positioning with him has to improve. I mean, everyone had this notion in their head that, like, Brad hates Rob and he was burying Rob and he just had this irrational doubt in him. But there really is something there on the defensive end of the floor that he has to clean up and that drives Brad crazy, I'm sure, as a defensive coach. There's just these lapses, whether it's, you know, being out of position, getting bumped off his spot in the pick and roll – Uh, not getting out to perimeter shooters, Uh, just an awareness on that end of the floor. That's going to be heightened come playoff time. And I'm interested how John feels about this, his ability to adapt to a playoff atmosphere where every single miscue is going to be heightened because, you know, let's face it. You've said this, Gerard, too. Like, the regular season this year has kind of been a little lackadaisical. Like, you can miss a few possessions. You can take a few possessions off, make up for it here or there, come playoff time again. It's going to be back down to every possession is ginormous. And if he, you know, misses two or three here or there, that can swing a game. And again, this isn't all on Rob. Other people do make mistakes too, as John always says, but that's what he's got to get to. I, I'm legit concerned.
2: As bullish as I am on Rob, I actually am worried, um, you know, not worried. I'm I I, I I'm not I'm certain. It's how another big gonna, step he'll have to take. I'm not certain. As we talked about on the post game show, the continued evolution of his game, seeing him catch and shoot a little bit, you know, score some face up buckets and things that he hasn't done. It just. You know, you want him to do the things he does now at the at, at the highest level. You need him to stay disciplined. You need him to stay home. You need him not to go up for every because right. Playoffs come. What happens? You want to do it. You want to listen. His make,
0: his assignment you, come playoff time. At least in round two, maybe in round one, is going to be either Embiid, Giannis, or Durant. I mean, that's just like zero to a hundred right there. Yeah. Look,
2: I mean, again, it's, you're right. You get to the playoffs and you want to do even more, which means you're going to be even more jacked up, which means it's going to be harder to keep yourself, you know, you know, grounded and focused. I mean, grounded literally and figuratively when you're talking about Rob, you know, don't go up for every fake. Don't get yourself in early foul trouble again. I mean, it's, the, the 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 ripple effects i mean never more clear than in the Philly game of him taking himself out of the ball game is so significant for all of the reasons we discussed what he does for that offense and the and and, and the you know their offensive rating when he's on the court he can't take himself out of games in the playoffs. Miscues are fine. I think the most important thing is focus on the things that you do well, stay disciplined, stay on the court. Don't start freaking out, you know, and and don't let the moment get to you. I don't know. I mean, what do you guys think? I'm definitely um, a little bit uh, – That's the only reason. I'm a little bit anxious about the playoffs because I don't know how it's going to go.
0: Yeah, that's the only reason I advocate for Tristan is because – I just trust his level-headedness a little more, like his ability to stay steady in those moments, not foul his head off if he gets in a tough matchup early on.
2: I don't disagree. I am a little – I don't know, if, Sherrod,
6: what are your thoughts here? I think that, you know, when it comes to Rob and the whole Rob versus Tristan thing, I, I think come playoff time, I think at some point I think Brad will make a change uh, and go with Tristan to start a game because – and we've talked about this before – Uh, Playoffs, more than anything else, is about matchups. It's about creating not only the most favorable matchup, but also creating matchups that don't crush you. Uh, And Rob, I think you're going to see there are going to be some series. There are going to be some matchups that Brad is going to see at the start of the game where Tristan is just a better fit for what they're looking to do. And I, I think Robbie doesn't play. I hope, he doesn't, I hope
2: he doesn't do that, Sherrod. I, at this point, I don't. I don't see the benefit in that switcher room um, situation. I see as the game evolves, kind of playing, you know, playing the hot hand, so to speak, or matchups. So, I, you really think he's going to just say this is a Tristan series, and I'm starting him if they face uh, Embiid and the Sixers? Because I think that, like ends up neutralizing a lot of what the good of what Rob brings, brings to the table. I think you have to ride Rob and hope that he is again, the best version of himself or, or else I, I think it's, I, I think you're, I think you're killing yourself there. Well, if,
6: if Rob can continue to play at a consistently high level, which we've seen then, yeah, but I, I think between now and the end of the regular season, I would not be shocked if, if Rob has some slippage where he has three or four or five games that aren't very good. And, At that point, at this point in the season, those are the kind of games that if you're a coach like Brad, it's going to give you a moment to pause and think, like, well, damn, if he's struggling down the stretch here against Team XYZ123, damn, and we got to open up against Philly? Shoot. Mm. Maybe I'll go with Tristan to start, and and Rob will obviously play. Ugh.
0: We got a few other guys John, been waiting. Th- yeah. These commenters can't believe we're up. I mean, this is this is just another night. <laughs> this,
2: is, like I said, it's – bo- bo- we do Bobby, this every day. Bobby, uh, yeah, Bobby and I are still texting each other at 3 a.m. So it's not a surprise. Joe sway has been asleep for two hours. That includes the Garden <laughs> Report. Okay, Joe Sway just we lost Joe about 20 minutes into the into the into the original post game show. So, <laughs> He is right now. I
9: definitely
0: just, give you guys props for staying up. <laughs> yeah,
2: is this is Albertson, is this you?
8: Uh yeah.
2: Yeah, Fred, up, Min, to, what's going on. We want to get to you.
8: Oh yeah. So so I have one question though. Uh, so my question is, when do you guys think that we'll, we'll win like our first championship in a while? Uh
2: Bobby uh, thinks <sighs> Bobby thinks this year.
0: This year? Bobby I mean thinks it. this year every year. What do you mean? <laughs> And so this is the truth frankly. Oh boy.
6: <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Why
0: in do I any given feel like year people are
6: about to lie to me when they tell me now this is the truth.
0: I'm am just going to explain the situation because this is this is what it comes down to. Okay, you either need, need to build the super team that Brooklyn has which obviously Boston doesn't have or you need to catch some major breaks like the Raptors did in 2019. I mean, those are really the two paths to a championship in this league. Uh, I don't know if the super team's coming for Boston just because all the flexibility stuff we talk about all the time. They don't have great flexibility to add to this core unless they draft some absolute steals. So this year, any year to come, they're going to have to get some breaks. Now, that can be injuries. That can be a team losing earlier than expected. Uh, Maybe it's Brooklyn absolutely falling apart and just having chemistry concerns that uh, we we feared for you know certain parts of this or that year. Uh, the problem with this Celtics team is they'll have to catch like two or three. It feels like just considering the teams in front of them, and then you get to finals time. I mean, that's a whole different level that this team hasn't even reached. Uh, so it's not in the cards this year. It, it just isn't. Um, they can make a great run. They can make people feel good about this year. I don't subscribe to the championship or bust thing. Uh, you know, in any given season, even though that's kind of the mantra that Boston takes on. Uh, but you're going to need a bunch of breaks, it feels like. And uh, Boston usually – the Celtics don't usually catch breaks. Usually things go the other way, like Garnett in 09 and Hayward last year and that kind of stuff. I, I hate to put the whammy on them, but that's just kind of what we've gotten used to over the years here. Yeah,
2: let's let's get Joe Sway's thoughts on this. Wake <laughs> up, Joe? <laughs> just kidding um uh, we like i said uh this, this there is no joe sway he just weighs just weighs an avatar only Um uh, jake let's get your thoughts here
4: what's up guys can you hear me
2: yeah we got you man
4: all right cool so we we're actually just talking in the chat a little bit ago about paul george comparisons with tatum i think we just need a playmaker. I know we were talking about Paul George there, but, I mean, look at the Clippers, right? They get Rondo to help Paul George, help Kawhi, help these guys move the ball, and then all of a sudden, last three games, they got over 100 assists in those three games, and they're clicking, they feel good. I, I, I don't know what you guys think, but I think it's not. First of all, though, about Rob, I love the Rob thing. And Sherrod, I agree. They need to touch the paint, like the, the Rob thing, play through Rob. That's all great and everything. I do, I'm do i a big fan of Rob. I think he should be starting no matter what. But he can't be your playmaker. He can't be your point guard. Kemba isn't a playmaking point guard. I think we all know that, but that's my opinion on this team. I think they need somebody who can control the offense and the tempo and know when to push and know when not to and so forth.
2: Yeah, I mean, the, no joke guys. I mean, we thanks Jake. We we mentioned Rondo is like a trade deadline possible get. Would he be a great fit? Obviously, it's working out uh, where he is right now. As far as Rob the playmaker, it doesn't have to be your point guard, but I mean, some of the most beautiful offenses we've seen, you know, in you know, over the years in the NBA have big men who can pass. Uh, it opens up the game in ways that just you know, the the that, the that, the that, the that, that, you know, I mean, you've seen it, but there's just not a lot of guys who can. When big men pass at a high level, uh, you could just really do some really nice things. Um, yeah. So, and you know, and
0: I think you know, Rondo got tossed out there for a couple of different reasons. When I think of Rondo and the impact he could have had on this team, it's the veteran presence, the guy who's been there, and the uh, one who's going to lead a really young team through a playoff stretch for. Uh, various different things that yeah. they could bring to the table in that sense. Uh, Tristan's got to be that guy. He's the only one who approaches that here. There's big expectations when it comes to him in that role because if he is going to come out here and say, oh, the regular season doesn't matter, we're coasting, we got bigger aspirations, well, you better be bringing it, bringing it in postseason play because <laughs> you can't say that, say you're saving everything for the playoffs and then just have a eh, postseason. Yeah.
2: Uh, we said we weren't. We said we weren't going to do this,
9: but we did it. We went long. Uh, so we're going to wrap it up here with George. What's up, George? Yeah, how's it going, guys? I've missed the last couple, so happy to be back. Um, yeah, it's just as everyone's saying, you guys are troopers for really going. I mean, I just finished work for the day. It's only five pm. But um, look, I think um, I, I, I watched most of the game today. I was pretty busy, but um, look, have we? Do you guys think? I know we probably. I've said this like a few times throughout the season, but have we turned a corner? Because I mean there was some there were some stretches today where like we were just all out attack, you know, on the offensive end and and then defensively, like I mean, you I've got to give you guys credit. You guys have really spiked smart um <laughs> you know, to really you know, just improve everything. And um it's just almost electrifying his defending. I mean, that one where he he went for a dive, but he wasn't even close to it on the offensive end, but then he came back and threw it behind his back. It was incredible. But um do you guys think we've like turned a corner because you know, like coming into like I'm not saying championship this season, obviously like Bobby was saying, but like last season we went to the playoffs playoffs thinking like, you know, we weren't really gonna do anything. Gordon went down and then, you know, we were starting to get do well. Milwaukee was struggling, we're thinking, you know what, well, we might have a chance here, but do you think now we've started to turn a corner? You know, Rob's playing minutes. Um, Tatum's getting a bit, bit, bit better. Brown's kind of becoming a bit more efficient again. Kemba's starting to do better. Like, I don't know. What do you guys think? Sway? No, I'm kidding. Whoever wants to <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Damn, Josue.
7: Wake up, I, bro. I, I, He's getting th- roasted. I'm
2: gonna, what I'm going <laughs> to tell you guys right now is I'm going to leave this chat open as long as Joe Sway's on it. And, oh. and, and, and wh- wh- you guys could just stay here until he wakes up, and, stuff, and, stuff, and then just start talking
9: to him. Just keep it to the next post game; he'll still be here. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be like when someone falls
0: asleep at the party, and everyone's just like drawing on their face. Or, yeah, yeah,
9: exactly
2: right. This will be the virtual, virtual, you know, d- d- dick on the face. You know, like <laughs> for just way here. <laughs> just leave the chat open. Uh, all right, George. Thanks for hanging out. I don't know we thanks, Gus. Did this feel like, a you know, this was my favorite game. Um, you Let know. me
0: ask you this, John. Yeah. You didn't want to buy into this year's team. Like, you didn't think they had it. Are you changing your mind on that front? Because Fournier is no. going to come back and make it what even do, better. What does,
6: what does they have it mean, Bobby? Just so folks are clear what you mean by that.
0: The ability to make a run here. You know, win any given playoff series.
6: I, I, I just don't.
2: Uh, like, I just don't um only because it's again it's i, I just I, I, before before you before we knew what happened brooklyn built a super team you know like it's just like you need something to go wrong there like if kd you know achille's flares up or something or harden if one of those guys goes down yes that opens the door a crack could could the Celtics playing at the highest level take down philly or milwaukee Possibly, but I think they got to play a near perfect series. So you know, you always want to be the team that you know. Uh, you know, uh, we will win unless, not we will win if. You know, you want to be the first one. Like we will, we are, we, we you, we can beat this team. We are going to the finals unless shit happens to us. Not we can, we'll get to the finals if. This guy gets hurt and blah blah yeah. blah that and a play a perfect series. They don't have margin for error against these teams because they are more talented, they're deeper, um, they're better built. So there's I just don't see it. Could they catch lightning in a bottle? Absolutely. Um, but it, it just as I said is I think you're hoping everything comes together perfectly. And if it does, who knows? But look, I mean, look what Miami did last year. Miami started playing their best ball at the time that mattered the most, and they rode it to a finals. And they started becoming a – and it looked like the Celtics were too. I mean, the Celtics entered the bubble, you know, as what, the third or the fourth seed? Um, and by the time they finished, before Hayward got hurt, they were the most fashionable pick to make it to the finals, you know? They were playing yeah. at that level. So you'd never know at the end of the year who's playing at what level. You could see drop-off. Again, you've got Embiid, and he – Embiid's constantly an injury risk, you know? Um, Simmons has tailed, you know? Philly looks more beatable than before. I just – that Brooklyn giant
0: to me, I I think that – Well, there's matchup stuff in there too. Like Boston's shown to be a pretty tough matchup for Milwaukee if it comes to that. And then I still look at Philly despite all you said (laughs) and say – the Nets would be hard-pressed to find a way to stop Embiid for a whole series, just the way their team's constructed. Uh, mm-hmm. They have no one who can even stand in front of them, never mind slow them. And so I still look at the Nets and say, like, I, I came into this year thinking that they were just going to breeze to the finals, but that that Philly thing and the defense thing for them, too, like, say that is what lines up on one side of the bracket, and then it's Boston-Milwaukee on the other, and maybe Boston catches a break there. Like, it, I, again, I don't think the Warriors exist right now the way we describe them from like 2016 to 2018. I don't think there's like a force in the league that makes it so that no one else can compete. Even though I have a massive amount of respect for the Nets.
2: Yeah, I don't know, Sherrod, What do you think? Is there is there a world in which they do? Your expectations change for this team hmm. based on what you're seeing recently?
6: No, no. I mean, I I, I think best case scenario with them is getting to the conference finals and and so I think multiple things would have to break right for them both of their doing and of others doing uh, as you pointed out you know a key injury to to one of the guys on a team that they're playing <laughs> uh Rob Williams continues his, to ascend the way he has uh, another guy like Grant Williams maybe he'll you know he he'll, he'll get hot. Uh, in some capacity for them they're gonna need some <laughs> All right, things no, to go no
0: I'm not so convinced.
6: <laughs> they're gonna need some things to break their weight that they have yeah. nothing to do with. And and, right. and I, I just I I can envision that because I know it's possible, but I don't I wouldn't say it's likely. Yeah. That I, that's
2: where I fall on it too, um Bobby. But I, I am interested I would like to see a stretch of even 10 games where someone doesn't have COVID and someone isn't hurt. And just to see it. uh, Good luck. uh, If when Fournier comes back, is it possible we watch a 10-game stretch of this team and see them play at a level we had not imagined possible and recalibrate our expectations? Yes, I think it is possible. The the key Uh,
0: for this team might be getting the vaccine in the next week or two.
2: I mean, it doesn't matter. They're all immune. Everyone's had it like twice already. (laughs) So, I mean, but if you saw it straight through with everyone past their COVID lung, Romeo in shape, Fournier back, Tatum starting to turn that corner, uh, Kemba, you know, maybe, you know, without you know worrying about back-to-backs and well-rested. If everything rolls and for 10 games – 12 games, you look at this team and you're like, wow, that is high-level basketball. Yes, absolutely. Maybe you change your expectations, but not based on anything we've seen so far, I don't think. Uh, by the way, Josue texted us, texted 243, guys, I'm out. Don't announce it. Sorry. We blew off your spot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean don't announce it? Everyone thinks you're dead, dude. You know, like, we. <laughs> it wouldn't have been better to tell the people they're legitimately worried about you.
0: So, uh, as far as what what you want to see, John, from that sense, I know the Lakers are kind of shorthanded. Well, they're very shorthanded on Thursday. Warriors are meh. But, you know, starting late next week, Phoenix at the Garden, at Brooklyn. There's a few tests in here through the end of the year that could kind of be measuring sticks for this team. Miami on May 9th, a series with them. Not a ton of tests ahead, but there's a few here. Yeah, but, but to your point, Bobby, you, you, as you pointed out, they do have a couple of
6: games coming up against teams that will be far below full strength, and they got to win those games. Those, yeah. are, those it, it's It's important that you win the games that you're supposed to win, but you also have to win games that you have a greater probability of winning for reasons that your play has nothing to do with playing yeah. the Lakers without LeBron significantly enhances your chances of winning that game. And they need to be they need to win those games. They really do.
2: Uh so again guys, uh, we have uh we we once again, we couldn't shut ourselves up. We've exceeded our expectations. expectations. We hope at least we hope at least we've met yours um and hung in there for as long as we could. It is uh, I know it's. I know in Australia you guys are about to head out and get your first drink um, of the day, but it is three eleven a.m. in Boston, and um, some of us are going to wake up with uh, with with children screaming at us in about three hours. So we're going to call it a night. Thanks for hanging out um, for uh, Sherrod Blakely, Bobby Manning, and Joe jo <laughs> no. on Night, <laughs>
0: Uh
2: Once again, guys. Whoever's here, if you don't already, subscribe to our YouTube channel um, and uh, our multiple YouTube channels to be notified every time we go live with any event, certainly our Patriots post-game shows, but uh, we had a ton of other stuff, Patriots fans out there, Bruins fans, uh, tons of content throughout, so please check that out. Uh, Support our sponsors. Obviously, Locker Room here, you're already on the app, so you're supporting it here. BetOnline.ag, our exclusive wagering partners. Promo code CLNS50. Get an extra 50% um, welcome bonus on your initial deposit. You want to get in some action, uh, get in with betonline.ag. Use that code. Uh, get a little uh, get a little cheddar up front. Um, and then um, make sure you follow all of us here on Locker Room. That way you'll be notified when we do go live. Again, thank you, guys. Um, this was awesome. Uh, join us again. We're going to do this on Thursday. Are we going to go till 3 o'clock? I don't know. It's possible. Um Anything's
7: possible. Yeah,
2: anything's possible. But also, like I said, we love having you guys. We want to have more. We want to have more people. Tell your friends about it. Anybody you think is into this, uh, wants to join the chat, be part of the conversation, part of our little community here that we've built uh, covering games, talking about it after, um, you know, as we ride the wave into the playoffs and who knows how much farther. Please, like I said, spread the word. Uh, You know, millions and millions have already uh, joined uh, (laughs) Have already joined the movement, you know. Let's keep it going. So again, thanks, guys. Any any final words here before we shut before we shut it down? No, we would. No, I'm I'm like Joe Sway. I'm tapping out. Tapping out. Thank you, everybody. We're gonna end it now. Good
7: night, all. See it See it See it. 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 See 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 it, 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 see 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 see